0: Welcome to the podcast of Outpost Church in McLaren Vale, where we seek to be apprentices of Jesus. We are currently looking at the Sermon on the Mount, which can be found in Matthew chapters 5, 6, and 7, where Jesus is announcing the Kingdom of Heaven with its implications for every aspect of our lives. There is so much for us to learn and to put into practice. Let's get into it with this teaching from our Sunday gathering. Hey, thank you for joining me today. Things look a bit different than they normally do for a Sunday gathering for Outpost, and I'm really glad that you've joined me. You've taken the time to to watch or to listen to this. Uh, if you are watching, I hope you're also listening. But I appreciate you may not be watching, and that didn't really need to be said. Um, but we are seeking to be apprentices of Jesus, uh, whether we are gathered together, whether we are in our own homes and it's a lockdown scenario, we still get to be apprentices of Jesus. His teaching still works. Uh, His gift of the Holy Spirit still applies wherever we are, whether we're inside a church building, uh, whether we are anywhere else. He is with us. He promised to be with us until the end of the age. And that is an amazing promise. And it is true whether we are feeling it or whether we are not. Whether things are going quite well for us, whether things are going poorly, He is with us. He knows us. He understands us. And He knows our next step. He knows what's best. And so, yeah, whether you're living alone, uh, whether it does feel like a really lonely time at the moment, or whether it feels like you just can't get any space uh, because things are a bit crowded, a bit hectic, uh, my prayer is that you receive what he has for you in the moment, every moment. And uh, that's my prayer for myself. We need him. We need his strength. We need his equipping. Uh, what an amazing gift to have the Holy Spirit who is with us, who takes the words of scriptures, words of scripture, singular, even though it is the scriptures. But he takes these words and he makes them alive. And he makes them alive in us. So it's not, so we're not just. Hearers of the word, but doers of the word, as we're told to be in James. Such an important thing that we put this into practice. And it's the Holy Spirit who makes sense of this and helps us to apply it in our own context. And we're seeking to do that at the moment with a very famous passage, often called the Sermon on the Mount. And Matthew introduces it as the good news of the kingdom. And Jesus is going around, he's healing everyone that he comes across that needs healing. And he is preaching the good news of the kingdom. And you have this group of people who, many of them are just down and outers. They've come to Jesus in order to be healed. They've brought someone else in order to be healed. Or maybe they just want to see what's going on. But this group of people, many of them, have been radically healed. So their immediate need has been met. And Jesus goes up onto a mountainside and he sits down. His disciples come to him and he begins to begins to teach them. And that's the context for the Sermon on the Mount. A group of people, many of them have just met Jesus or haven't met him, but have come to try and find out about him, to follow him, to receive something from him. But it's a group that have assembled. There's no previous requirement. They haven't had to do anything, jump through any hoops. They just had to find Jesus. And then he declares all these amazing things over them. A surprising list of who the blessed ones are. And then he says to this group, no qualification on this, doesn't say some of you this is true of, some of it's not, but it's rather you are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. Jesus proclaims these incredible truths uh, over the people that are there. And all they're doing is looking to Jesus. And I believe there's something really powerful in that for us, We are the salt of the earth. We are the light of the world as we look to Jesus, as our eyes are fixed on him. It is absolutely true of us that we are the salt of the earth that brings out the God flavors, that sustains the world, brings out the God colors in being the light of the world. Like what a privilege to be able to point people to Jesus. What a privilege to be able to give them a taste of him, to taste and see that God is good. So we... Um, have been looking through the different parts of Matthew chapter 5 for a start, and we just began on chapter 6 last Sunday, and we are picking up where we left off. And this is a really interesting passage, as they all are, uh, but Jesus is hitting in on this need that we seem to have to be affirmed by others, to be respected by others, to have them think that we're something special. And Jesus says... In the four verses at the start of chapter six, be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. And we looked at this last week saying it's not the same as letting your light shine before people so they may praise your Father in heaven. We are told to do that so that our Father in heaven would be praised. But we're not to do things in order to be seen by people so that they would praise us. It is for the glory of God that we do things. And there's this really interesting thing, and and Christy mentioned that as her big takeaway from last week's sermon, um, was how fun to practice doing things in secret that nobody knows about, uh, things that you might want to broadcast because you've actually put in some effort to serve someone, to help someone, to give something away, um, but you keep it totally between you and your Father in heaven, um, and you just get to have fun with him in that sense, and be a blessing to others and um, yeah it 's the um, the spiritual discipline of secrecy, as is talked about in uh, in some in some books on the subject and it sounds dodgy, but it 's not it 's simply doing things with nobody else knowing very intentionally, making sure no one else knows and it 's not that we have to always do it that way. We don't even have to ever do that in a really intentional way unless we find it hard to do it naturally. that's probably true of most, if not all of us, that doing it intentionally is the path by which we can start to do things naturally. Uh, So we've looked at giving. Um, So the first four verses very much focused on giving to the poor, giving to those that are in need. Um, And then we hit up another thing that it's really easy for religious types um, to to get wrong, and it's prayer. And in one sense, we can't get prayer wrong because it's just talking to God. But if we do it for show, then we are doing it wrong. If we're using fancy language because we really want pardon me, we really want people to think that we're something special. They want we want them to hear the words we use and go, "Oh wow, how spiritual is this person?" Of course, that's not right. Um, So I would love it if in just a moment you would pause the video and have a read. Um, So this is Matthew chapter 6, starting at verse 5, and I'd like you to read all the way down to the end of verse 15. So from 5 to 15 of Matthew 6. So pause the video and have a read of that on your own. Feel free to read it in more than one translation, but read it for yourself. Take some time to meditate on it um, and then restart this video, restart this podcast, and um, we'll continue to go through this together. I'm just going to believe that you have now restarted after reading. Thank you so much for taking that time in order to read the scriptures for yourself. It is such an important thing uh, that we don't just listen to other people's opinions about stuff but that we are getting into the Scriptures for ourselves. We are all apprentices of Jesus. That's what we're called to be, an apprentice of Jesus. You're not an apprentice of Shane. You're not an apprentice of your favorite Bible teacher, wherever they are. You are an apprentice of Jesus. So go to the source, go to the Scriptures, um, and learn it for yourself. And yes, have other people that help in that process, have conversations about it, listen to podcasts, Those things are good things, but we want to keep going back to the primary source ourselves, which is the Scriptures. So here is Jesus hitting up this whole area of prayer, saying, whenever you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites because they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by people. It's the same phrase that we had a few verses earlier when talking about giving to the poor, about practicing your righteousness. Don't do it to be seen by others. Don't pray in order to be seen by others. And obviously, many people in this world are not impressed with the reality of you praying. But there are some who will be. And it's not that we hide ourselves um, always when we pray. Jesus is about to tell us that we should have uh, strong closet prayer life, but it's not to say that we are never to pray with others and in public because Jesus goes on to do that with his disciples and we see that happen many times throughout the, uh, the New Testament. Um, but we need to be continually developing our private personal prayer life so that it's not just something we do when others are around. It's not just something that we do, certainly not something we do for show in order to impress people. Truly, I tell you, they have their reward, is what it says. They love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by people. Truly, I tell you, they have their reward. The reward that is received in that case is just that other people go, oh yeah, they're praying. (laughs) And you might get adoration, but that's all you get. There's no reward from your Father in heaven. We are to pray to Him, for Him. It's not for the sake of others. So here's the alternative that Jesus gives in verse 6. But when you pray, go into your private room, shut your door, and pray to your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. First and foremost, let's develop our own personal, private, prayer. Wherever you are, whether things are hectic for you at the moment, whether things are uh, a bit lighter on, if you've got more spare time than you normally would, develop your prayer life. If you need to do it while you're driving, while you're doing different tasks, pray in those circumstances. If you have the time, if you can get away on your own, then do that to pray. Imagine being sneaky about doing good, Rather than sneakily doing the wrong thing, sneakily getting something that you shouldn't be putting into your body, watching something that you shouldn't be watching, but rather doing the right thing, but in a sneaky way. What an interesting thought, Jesus. Sneakily praying when no one else knows that you are, where it is just you and him, developing your relationship with him. You're not concerned about the words that you use. You know that he understands. You're just expressing what's on your heart. And being real with him. What a privilege to be able to pray in this way. We have a father who hears us. How can we not take him up on it? How can we just go, oh, I might get to it later on. This is the king of the universe that invites us. We have an audience with him. What a privilege to come before him and present our requests. Of course, we present at Thanksgiving, and we praise him as well. But we come before him in secret. Verse 7. When you pray, don't babble like the Gentiles, since they imagine they'll be heard for their many words. And it wasn't just the Gentiles. There's a, a, a rabbi who said, the one who prays long is heard. <laughs> That's a really interesting thought. The one who prays long is heard. I don't know what your own experience is of someone who talks a lot, but sometimes we stop listening when people talk too long. I don't think the one who prays long is heard. We're certainly being told something quite different here by Jesus. When we pray to the Father, we're not heard because we pray long. We're heard because he is gracious and he's given us his attention so we can present our requests. We can bring ourselves before him. Verse eight, don't be like them because your father knows the things you need before you ask him. You don't need to go into all the details. You don't need to give more explanation because he doesn't understand you. He always gets you. He always knows what you're thinking. It doesn't mean you don't speak. It just means you don't have to keep on clarifying. Yes, we speak. Yes, we open up our hearts and our lives to him. He loves to hear us. But it's not because of our many words. Let's come to him in secret. Let's come to him regularly. What a privilege, hey? Let's continue to read. So, from verse 9, this is Matthew chapter 6, verse 9, in what is often called the Lord's Prayer. And I think it's worth challenging that title, the Lord's Prayer. Like, it is the prayer given to us by the Lord. And so the disciples' prayer is probably a more accurate term because in it, the words forgive us our trespasses are uttered. Jesus had no trespasses, had no sins that needed to be forgiven. It can't be the Lord's prayer when the Lord didn't need to pray. Surely this is an amazing gift for us and we acknowledge it. It comes from the Lord, but it is for us. And what a beautiful opening. Those first couple of words, our Father, are worth meditating on. So when Jesus invites us in, oh man, what a privilege. He doesn't say my Father. He doesn't make it just his own relationship. He makes it clear that this belongs to us as well. The same relationship that he has with the Father, he invites us into. And we have that Um, the Aramaic word Abba. Um, And some would read that into here, and it may have been what Jesus said. I mean, he spoke Aramaic. It would make sense that he said Abba as he's introducing this to his disciples. Um, But we have that spelled out for us in a couple of places in in Romans chapter 8 and then again in Galatians chapter 4 where the Apostle Paul was talking about how the Spirit of Jesus comes into our hearts and cries out Abba father and so it is is jesus and his relationship with the father that we get to partake in and be a part of partaking part of that's actually the same thing i repeated myself um, just really emphasizing that point we are a part of what he has established and what he has earned like as if the father's not going to welcome jesus with open arms It is just as ridiculous to think that he wouldn't open up his arms to us. We get to approach him with boldness, with intimacy, with delight. Abba, Daddy. The most intimate term for a child to utter to their father, Daddy, or Abba in the Aramaic. Our Father. And even the fact that we are saying our Father... We're acknowledging that we have this intimate relationship with the Father, but we're not alone. And just like Jesus calls us into that relationship with the Father, we call others into that relationship with him as well. Our Father. We are family. He is the ultimate Father, the ultimate Daddy. But we are brothers and sisters. And we both need to remind ourselves about that and remind others about that. That you too are a child, just like I am. That you are my sibling, as I am for you. These are really, really significant things. Our Father. And when Jesus teaches his disciples to pray, he starts with how we address him. It changes everything. We're not coming to him as someone who is removed from us, a distant deity, but we come to him as, as our Father. It reminds us of our intimacy with him and our intimacy with each other. Our Father in heaven, your name be honored as holy. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so we're just acknowledging that we need him. It doesn't start with our temporal needs in this world. It's acknowledging just how amazing he is. His name be honoured as holy. He is set apart. He is something else. He is incredible, mighty, wonderful. He is our absolute delight. And we start in that place, acknowledging him, reminding ourselves, And also speaking it out into the spiritual realm. Just who he is. How good he is. And then we're making a declaration about what we want to see on earth, which is what he wants to see on earth. We're just affirming that. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Amen to that. To see his kingdom come. We're acknowledging that there is nothing better than what he wants and so we're we'll reorienting ourselves reminding ourselves and if we're praying with others reminding others as well that he's in charge it is once we have spent time in this space that we move on to the next part which is our own needs give us today our daily bread give us what we need for today. There's so, some commentators who um, see some, some nuance in this and think, oh, maybe he's talking about you know tomorrow. There's a somewhat of a future tense to this uh, where it is give me what I need for today and faith that you'll give me what I need for tomorrow. Um, but it's not asking for stockpiles. It's not asking that we'll have enough so that we'll never need him again. It's give me what I need for now. Be faithful with me in giving me what I need. We look to Him first and foremost for our needs. It's a, it's a crazy time. It's a crazy time. Certainly in my life, I haven't seen anything like what I have in the past year and a bit uh, with the different lockdowns and restrictions that we've had, just the fear around this virus. Uh, has been has been crazy, and the way the government has stepped in and um, has brought uh, financial help in different ways, um, there is this tendency for us to look to the government in order to solve all of our needs, and obviously, that's not always going to work. You know, we can't expect from any human person to get everything that we need. We can't, in that sense, entrust ourselves fully. Uh, to anyone except for God. We can trust Him with everything. Yes, the government um, has made some things really challenging and some things they've made easier uh, through different things they've done. Uh, It's been really highlighted in recent times. Uh, But we can't put our faith and our trust in the government. We are to pray for them. We are to pray for wisdom We are to pray they would govern diligently and govern well. Um, But our job is not to uh, correct them or defy them. Our job is to pray for them. And we're actually called to obey the governing authorities, as hard as that might be. But we're not to put our trust in them, and they are very, very different things. We put our trust in God. We look to Him to meet our needs. And forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. We need forgiveness. And we don't outgrow this. We never get to a point where we'll never need to ask forgiveness again. Not in this life, anyway. Yes, we become more like him and holier. But we never outgrow the need for forgiveness. And... We are called to forgive one another. We looked at this just recently. Uh, We looked at this as we were um, earlier in the Sermon on the Mount and how if our brother has something against us, we leave our gift at the altar and we reconcile with our brother. Uh, We looked at that parable in, in Matthew chapter 19 with the unmerciful servant who is forgiven an unpayable debt and then immediately goes out and calls out someone who owes him a much, much smaller amount. And that demonstrates a lack of receiving forgiveness, the inability to forgive somebody else. And for us, we need to know our own need for forgiveness. We need to be reminded of that and live in the delight of knowing that we have been forgiven. And one outworking of that is that we will forgive. If we know we have been forgiven and we live in that reality, we will forgive others. It is such an important thing to receive the forgiveness and then to pass it on to others. Verse 13, and do not bring us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. He will always provide a way of escape or He will provide us with the strength to endure. There is nothing that can be thrown at us, no temptation that can come that is beyond what we can bear or escape from. Let's not give in to temptation. Let's continually pray this prayer. Let's ask him not to deliver us into temptation and let's receive the strength that he gives to endure or to get out. Verse 14 continues on with that theme of forgiveness. And this is really blunt. If you forgive others their offences, your heavenly Father will forgive you as well. But if you don't forgive others, your Father will not forgive your offences. So forgiveness is not optional. It's not okay for us to hold grudges against other people. It's not okay for us to... Treat it as some conditional thing. Forgiveness is unconditional. If we have a look at um, what it says in Colossians chapter 3, we see that there is one condition for forgiving. If any of you has something against another. (laughs) If you've got something against another person, you have to forgive. That's the condition. If you have something against another, forgive. Forgive as Christ forgave you. We're not being asked to do anything that he hasn't already done. So he has forgiven us, and now we forgive others. And in forgiving others doesn't mean that we set ourselves up to have the same thing happen again and again and again. It might, but it doesn't mean that necessarily. We are called to forgive. release that debt in the same way that we've had our own debts forgiven this is the model prayer that Jesus gives us the disciples prayer if you will and then Jesus goes on to talk about fasting so when I asked you earlier to read uh, I only asked you to read up to verse 15 but I invite you now just to Um, Take a bit longer to pause the video in just a moment and to read that next section, which is verses 16 through to 18. And take some time to reflect and to meditate on Matthew chapter 6, verses 16 to 18, maybe in a couple of different translations. So pause the video now. And we are back. Matthew chapter 6 verses 16 to 18, we've just been having a look at what Jesus had to say around prayer. The way that he modeled prayer, invited others to pray in the way that uh, he laid out. We've just looked through that and I invite you to spend more time in that and soak it up. Spend time praying that Lord's Prayer, Disciple's Prayer, caught myself just then. But let's also take what he has to say around fasting. Whenever you fast, don't be gloomy like the hypocrites. If you have, have ever practiced fasting, you've probably experienced the gloominess that he's referring to just there. Your stomach, your whole body just cries out for food. And if you are fasting in a voluntary sense where there's food around you that you can access and you are denying yourself and saying no, your body is just like, what are you thinking? Give me food! doesn't go down quietly, certainly not initially. It seems seems to take a while to get to a point where suddenly you're not craving food with that same intensity. But Jesus says, when you fast, don't make it obvious that you're fasting. This is something between you and God. It's not to be broadcast. It's not to make you into some sort of celebrity. It is simply something between you and your father. He continues to say, for they make their faces unattractive. Hmm, Interesting. So that their fasting is obvious to people. Truly, I tell you, they have their reward. Just like it was with prayer, just like it was with giving to the poor, these things are not designed to be done for show. This is to be done for your father that he would know about it. And yeah, others can benefit from these things, but it is not ever for show. The reward that you might get when you fast and you're broadcasting that to everybody is maybe they respect you more, maybe they think you're crazy, but you are not rewarded by your Father in heaven, according to this passage. Verse 17, But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face. Hmm. Obviously, he's just saying, do what you would normally do. And culturally, that's what they would do. Uh, if you want to go to the letter of the law and you want to put oil on your head, feel free. I don't believe that was Jesus' intention for us right now. But have a shower. Wash your hair. Put on deodorant. <laughs> don't make it obvious that you are suffering. It's not what it's about. It's not what we're called to do. Verse 18, so that you're fasting isn't obvious to others, but to your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. So we're going to fast as a church, and that's coming up in a couple of months. So we've got a camp uh, that is booked for um, for October the 22nd to the 24th. Save the date. Uh, put it in your calendar right now, October 22nd to the 24th. It's a Friday- Uh, to a Sunday. And um, yeah, we're going to spend that time together. And in the lead up, so pretty much the month of October in the lead up um, for three weeks, 21 days, we're going to be fasting as a church. And if you are medically able to fast from food, I strongly encourage you to work out a schedule of fasting. It could be doing what's often called the Daniel fast. Uh, It could be that you fast lunch every day. Um, It could be that you have There's different ways of doing it. Um, But I encourage you to consider what you will fast, what it would look like. Um, And we're fasting because we want to see God's kingdom come. We want to see the reality of Jesus at work in our lives, in our midst. Um, I'm not satisfied with what um, I've experienced up to this point. And it's not a lack on God's part. I know it's a lack on on my part, on our part, where we want to see him more clearly. Um, And in order to see him, we often need to say no to the things of the world and to be able to actually create some space. There's this statement I heard many years ago that really resonated with me. And it was simply this, maybe we are not hungry for God because we are so full of the things of this world. And when we say no to the things of this world, it can help us in our appetite for the things of God. And so it could be that you choose to fast from social media, fast from TV, fast from any number of different things. Maybe it's more to do with your eat, a uh, more regular diet, but you'll stay away from sugar or uh, chocolate or something like that. Um, but I do encourage you to consider what you'll be able to fast. And... Um, that's what we're going to do as a whole church in a couple of months' time. But um, if you haven't fasted for a while or you've never actually uh, fasted from anything, I encourage you to try something on your own or get together with a few others and um, choose to fast sooner than that um, and to push into that space and to see what happens for your own hunger for the things of the Lord. And yeah, this is not about trying to make others uh, think we're something special, but it doesn't mean we can never include others in the process. For you to say humbly to somebody else, um, I want to start on the journey uh, of fasting. Um, Did you want to try and do something together? That's certainly not a boastful way uh, to go about it. That's a really humble, beautiful way to invite someone else into life-on-life discipleship. and just one more thing I'd love to, to hit up um, for today. And, um, you know, we're, we're in a time where we really do need to look out for each other. And there's never a time that we don't, but it's just highlighted and emphasized that we need to get around each other to check in and, and see how one another is doing. And so I really encourage you to keep doing that. But when it comes to what you share, um, I want to encourage you that. Uh, whether you're doing really well, whether you're struggling, uh, where, wherever you're at at the moment, I encourage you to, to be open and transparent with someone or preferably at least a couple of people, but not to try and do that with everybody. Um, and in a similar way, uh, when it comes to people offloading on you and you know, letting you know everything that's going on in their life, Uh, We can do that with a couple of people, a few people, but we can't do it with everybody. Um, And so if someone asks you how you're going and you're not doing well and you want to be honest and and open with that person, then I think a really helpful thing to do, um, if you're already being open and honest with with others and... um, you don't sense it's the right time to, you know, spill everything with this person. To simply say, "I'm actually doing a bit tough at the moment," and if you think about it, I'd love it if you would pray for me. Um, but there are a couple of people that I'm, you know, talking this through with, and I, I feel like I've uh, I've got some support. Um, I think that kind of statement, where you're acknowledging that things are hard, uh, but you're Letting that person know you've got people you're talking to um, and so you're not needing to divulge everything to them. Um, I think that can be really helpful and important on the giving and receiving end. Uh, that we are supporting one another, we're being open and honest with each other, but also not feeling like we've got to tell everyone everything. Um, and, and that's unhealthy as well if we're always uh, sharing all of our woes uh, with other people. Uh, and we become quite focused on ourselves and, and it becomes quite introspective. We become quite introspective. Um, yeah, there's a balance there where we need to be able to get things off our chest. We need to be able to be honest uh, and transparent, but we don't uh, tell everything to everyone. Um, yeah, I'd love to spend a bit of time just praying now and invite you to uh, so join me and then to to follow suit and to pray for those that the Lord brings to your mind. So Father, thank you that you are with us. Thank you for the gift of one another. And I pray, Lord, for those who are feeling isolated right now, feeling alone, I pray they would know your presence so tangibly. I pray, Lord, they would also know the, the comfort of others. Um, I pray there would be healthy conversations. I pray, Lord, that you would bring people to each of our minds that we would be able to reach out to and just check in and see how they're going and be able to support uh, and encourage one another. And Lord, in in these things that we've been looking at today, uh, prayer, Lord, may it not be for show, may it not be in order uh, for others to think with this or think with that, but rather may our prayer lives be established and founded on that intimacy with you. And praying when no one else is listening, no one else is watching. And Lord, when we do have an opportunity to pray and others are around, help us to get to the point. <laughs> help us to be real and honest. Help us to have faith in you. Uh, and to pray specific prayers. Bold prayers, faith-filled prayers. May we follow the pattern that you gave us. acknowledge our relationship with you acknowledge that your way is best uh, and to come to you asking for help where we need it and i pray lord in this whole area of fasting lord show us how to do that well how to fast in a way that brings you glory uh, to fast in a way that increases our own hunger for you yeah we need you and lord i pray Pray that we would become ever more aware of that need and that we would live in a way that demonstrates that we are desperate for you. Come, Holy Spirit. Meet each of us where we're at and take us forward for our good and your glory. Hallelujah and amen. Once again, guys, thank you so much for being a part of this I encourage you to get around each other. Who can you reach out to? Who can you encourage? Who can you pray for? And I'll see you soon.